So this is a Christmas decoration that comes out once a year because Christmas time we sing about joy, we write it in cards, like cards have it on. I've got lots of decorations on my Christmas tree that have the word, I can't say it now, joy. It's a, it's a thing that comes up at Christmas time and to be honest, most of us want some joy. It, does anybody here not really care about and like quite happy to not experience any? No, I didn't think so. We all want to feel joyful. Um, I looked up the definition because it's not like happiness. It's a bit more extreme. Who remembers when they were last? Hang on, I'll stick the definition up. The emotion of great delight and happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying, like getting a Fitbit on Christmas morning, a feeling of great pleasure, elation, delight. Notice it's not just a feeling of pleasure, it's great pleasure. It's an extreme emotion, a state of felicity. You know, I had to look that word up. I don't remember ever using it except for someone's name, felicity. But you guys probably all know what it meant, a state of being happy, especially in high degree bliss. So when we talk about joy... Even at Christmas time, we're not just talking about happy. We're not just talking about, oh, that's nice. We're talking about extreme pleasure. And um, I've got this really good illustration of it. You guys might or might not know, I have a dog. Her name's Bailey and she's awesome. And my daughter Emma also has a dog and her name's Lacey. And Emma moved out of home at the beginning of this year. She's about three or four minutes up up the road and sometimes if I feel like going for a walk on the beach and Emma feels like going for a walk on uh, on the beach, um, I'll leave from my house with my dog and Emma will leave from her house with her dog, Lacey, and we'll walk along our prospective beaches and the idea is that eventually we bump into each other. So we've got to the stage where when you can just make out Emma in the distance and her dog and sometimes it's hard because there's lots of people I say to Bailey look there's Lacey can you see Lacey and sometimes she can um, focus on Lacey other times she gets distracted but this last time Emma Emma's Emma's dog recognized Lacey and I mean Bailey get their names confused but when they see each other, like, you can tell their whole body changes. They, like, and they run full pelt towards one another. Like, the energy, just everything's in it. They're, like, ah, running towards each other. And then they meet and they dance around each other and they look back at us. And they, it's just this moment of joy. When I think of, of joy, I think of that. Because, you know, the moment they connect with the other dog... Their body just, ah, and they run full pelt. It's just a real, to me, it's a real picture of, of joy. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't experience it like that all that often. You know, the Bible talks about, uh, talks about, um, talks about um, joy <laughs> quite a bit. In fact, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. It's right there in amongst the important things. Love is incredibly 
important and peace we all need peace but the bible wants us god wants us to experience joy it's not just something that you get every year at christmas he wants us to have it his desire like his desire is for you to have peace and love he wants you to experience joy and obviously christmas it's christmas day you know the angels came to the um, to the um, shepherds on the hillside and proclaimed great joy. Luke chapter two. Let's read this scripture. Um, that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. The most joyous news the world has ever heard is crazy. And then the wise men in the Christmas story, they experience an extreme joy let's read matthew chapter 2 verses 9 to 12 and so they left this is the, the wise men obviously and on their way to bethlehem suddenly the same star they had seen in the east reappeared amazed they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was and when they saw the star they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense and myrrh. You know, the original Greek in this scripture, particularly in verse 10, I read in one commentary that it's really hard to translate because it contains so many redundant words for joy. And it's just in the one verse, all these different words explaining it. Like they said it literally means they rejoiced with a great joy exceedingly. So not only is joy an extreme happiness, this verse says that it was extreme joy. So you can get that we're not, we're not just talking about a nice emotion. We're talking about incredible, overwhelming uh, emotion of of. Every time I try to say it and I can't, you have to respond. Emotion of, thank you. I get stuck on that letter. It's, it's a tricky one. So why was Jesus' birth such an event of great joy? That's good. I believe the second half of this scripture in Luke tells us. I don't think it's there. Next, I can't remember. Yes, it is. It says, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. So the angel basically tells the shepherds that they have got the most joyous news the world has ever heard. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born. This is the day a rescuer was born. That is the key to the joy that is happening around the time of Jesus' birth. 
So a rescuer, why do we need a rescuer? Maybe they needed one back then, but why a rescuer? Why did the angel say it was a, a, a rescuer? Well, I want to tell you a story. Once upon a time, mankind was created. They lived in a beautiful place with everything their heart could desire. The one who created them adopted them as sons and daughters, becoming their father, lavishing unconditional love on them. But there was something inside them that made them choose to trust another created being more than their father. Because of this, a battle was now declared between the father and his enemy, a battle for mankind's hearts once and for all. Mankind had to leave their incredible home and live without close companionship, protection and the love of their father while this war was played out. As a result of their choice, death entered the world. Mankind grew sick in their bodies, in their hearts, in emotions, in their relationships and in their souls. And the earth also grew sick. Death, pain and suffering, conflict and violence, heartache, poverty and aloneness became a normal way of life. And the cruelest of all, mankind felt cut off from their father. And generations later, they even forgot all about the time when they lived with him. But inside each one was a longing for something more than the daily grind and their tough life. And some realised what they longed for more than anything was relationship with their father. And they did find him. But because of the initial choice of mankind to follow another, they could only come to their father through a maze of rules and regulations and the constant threat of not being worthy in the face of this all-powerful creator was always there. But the father had a plan. He too longed for free, unhindered relationship with his creation, his children, like they had back at the beginning. And he knew the only way that could ever happen was to send his natural son, I've lost my place, to sort things out. This would cost him and his son dearly, but they were both prepared for whatever it would take to reinstate that open, free relationship they once had with mankind. This plan had to be set up and the earth had to be prepared so it would work without any hitches. So the father waited and waited until just the right time. Meanwhile, mankind and the whole of creation suffered year after year after year. Pain, heartache, betrayal and conflict, oppression and violence, abuse, poverty, an unquenchable longing for more and death were what men and women faced every day. And then, one day, Christmas, the birth of the man who would set everything right. No wonder the angels declared unspeakable joy. This was the moment when God's plan was going to happen. This was when it was beginning. No wonder the shepherds abandoned their flock looking for this miracle, this saviour. And then when they found him, they worshipped him and praised God and then told everyone they could find about what they'd discovered. No wonder the wise men were ecstatic. No wonder they gave extravagant gifts and worshipped on their knees in the dirt and the manure of a stable before a little baby 
No wonder they disobeyed the most powerful man on earth to protect this little child. But hang on, this rescue hasn't happened yet. Nothing's happened yet except this little baby. Everyone's getting all worked up over a little baby. Remember babies? There's no little babies here. But they don't do anything. They just cry and vomit and other things. That's all. Like, ah. Babies, and they're so defenceless. Anything could happen. You know, if you had endured hardship, generations of hardship, and someone said to you, it's okay, a rescuer's coming, he's going to fix everything, most of us would probably go, yep, I'll believe that when I see it. I've heard it before. We, we might even just be a little bit hopeful, but extreme, extreme joy? I don't know. Well, I believe the simple reason why these people got so excited was because they believed what they were told. They truly believed the message of a rescuer, that this was the beginning of God's plan to set mankind free. And when we think about Mary, um, you know, back when the angel first appeared to her and said, hi, Mary, how are you going? You're going to be pregnant. And um, I know you're not married, but you're going to have a baby and it's going to become the Messiah. Like, we take for granted her, her response, but if you think about it, in the natural, in her time and in her society, this was a horrifying thing that was highly likely going to ruin her life, an illegitimate pregnancy. No man would accept her. They wouldn't believe that some angel had come and told her she's impregnated by the Holy Spirit. They'd just go, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. See you later. Her prospects of marriage would most likely be totally gone and she would probably live her whole life in shame, single, with no future for her or this illegitimate baby. But how does Mary respond? This is incredible. Mary responds, I need help. Maybe I don't, the scripture's not there. Mary responds in Luke chapter 1, she says, I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve, let it be with me just as you say. And then later on in that same passage, she sings this incredible song of gratitude and joy to God, thanking him for this incredible event. Instead of being devastated because her life was who knows what, she's so happy. Mary believed what God told her, what the angel told her, really believed so much that she could say, whatever you want, God, I am yours complete trust, abandonment to his love, to his perfect care. She opened herself up to whatever God had for her life. And I believe it was her response to that that released this incredible joy into her heart. You know, if we like Mary and the shepherds and the wise men can fully believe this message of a rescuer so much that we abandon our lives to God and his care, I believe we too can experience this joy and keep experiencing it. You know, sometimes we go through very difficult circumstances that make joy, if not impossible, very, very hard. And even Jesus felt this. In Hebrews 12, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy 
of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. In the midst of his suffering on the cross, Jesus saw the joy that was to come. Jesus could look forward to the future. You know, I've got a friend at work whose daughter went to England about uh, probably almost two years ago now. And then at the beginning of this year, because she wanted to experience London and she did like a a working sort of holiday. She was going to be there for, for 18 months. And at the beginning of this year, she she was planning to come home and then obviously COVID hit, so she couldn't get home. She would, she would book a flight and then it would be cancelled the day before and then she would book another one and that it would get cancelled. There was nothing they could do to get her daughter home. I think she's about 22 or something, so she's young, she's single. And I remember talking to my friend in the tea room a couple of months ago and she was just just desperate. She was so almost heartbroken because her daughter couldn't get home. And I remember telling her, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And she was like, whatever. <laughs> but she was so, um, it, was, it was really hard for her and obviously for her daughter in England. And then about three weeks ago, I got this text from her saying, Rose, which is the name of her daughter, is on a flight to Perth. She got this miraculous flight. She's coming home. And I talked to her, like I texted her the next day and said, is she, home? Is she in Perth? Because she could only get a flight to Perth and then she had to quarantine in Perth for t- two weeks and then she could come to Adelaide. And the change in this girl, because her t- daughter was in Perth, she was in Australia, she, um, as yet she hadn't come home, she hadn't hugged yet, but she was home in Australia. Like there was such a, an excitement and I would, ex- I would describe it as joy because she knew her daughter was coming home. No longer was she stranded in England trying to get a flight, she was home. And you know, this is a bit, in a simple way, this is what Jesus was talking about. He knew on the cross that what his future was, was with us. Like my friend knew that her daughter was almost home. She had to wait another two weeks and then she had to get a flight from Perth. But she was going to seek, she knew she was going to see her daughter and in Peter uh, he talks about this and this is an incredible scripture it's just so awesome in first Peter chapter one what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him the father of our master Jesus because Jesus was raised from the dead we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all. Life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you've had to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, 
yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. And in one translation, it says rejoicing with a glorious, inexpressible joy because you kept on believing you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. That is our future. That is why we have joy. And it's not just one day when we die. It starts now. If the, the ushers could hand out communion, we're going to take, take communion. You know, one day when we are reunited with God, nothing in between us, everything defeated, there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no death because God is life. God is love. God is goodness. When we are with God united freely, we cannot have any of that because he is life. Light and dark cannot mix. There will be complete joy. This Christmas morning, I want to remind us all that we need rescuing and that Jesus is our rescuer, the one who has dealt with our separation from God. If we respond with faith and believe that Jesus' life, death and resurrection is the answer to mankind's separation from God, it brings us incredible joy. We let go of worry and heartache and concern and the heaviness of life and know that God is the answer. He is going to fix the mess. You know, sometimes I get overwhelmed with the sadness and the heaviness of life, but I'm learning to just look to God and go, God, I want it to be different, but it's your problem. You're the answer, not me, not anything I can do. And you know what? It doesn't help anything by me being sad and mellow because of all these problems. God give, has offers us joy and we have a choice to go, I believe that you're the answer and I need your joy. Just like with peace, when we're going through difficult times and we have to look to God as the answer and then his peace comes. It's the same with joy. You know, friends, God wants you to live with joy. It's not just something that goes on a mantelpiece at Christmas. And today, this Christmas, as you are celebrating with your family, or maybe you're sitting quietly on your own, it doesn't matter. Find some time to really believe that God is the answer. He is the rescuer and he gives you joy. Or to reaffirm that belief that Jesus is your rescuer, that he he is the reason for joy. I want us to just stand to our feet. And I want you to just talk to him. Just thank him for rescuing you, for rescuing the world, for being the answer to mankind's problems. And just reaffirm your belief that he is your rescuer. And then just take communion and just thank him. God, we thank you, Lord. God, I thank you 
and that you are the rescuer. Lord, I thank you that you are the answer to mankind's battle and pain and sadness, no matter what situation we face. God, no matter what comes across our path, like Mary, we say, we are your servant. Let it be to me according to what you say. Help us, God, to believe. Help us, I pray even today, God, that there just be a moment for everyone in this room where it just connects a little bit more and they go, God, you're so good. And that you fill them with joy. Holy Spirit, I pray for a supernatural outpouring of joy upon everyone in this room. Lord, as they go back to their families, that they spread that joy. God, that it becomes something tangible, a knowledge of you. God, I just pray in Jesus' name, Father. And God, we just thank you and praise you because you are such an incredible God. In Jesus' name.